Successful movie director John L. Sullivan convinced he won't be able to film his ambitious masterpiece until he has suffered, dons a hobo disguise and sets off on a journey, aiming to no trouble firsthand. When all he finds is a train ride back to Hollywood and a beautiful blonde companion, he redoubles his efforts, managing to land himself in more trouble than he bargained for when he loses his memory and ends up as a prisoner on a chain gang. Coming in at number 61 is Sullivan's Travels. So raise your glass. Here's drinking with you, kid. I love your intros more and more. Thank you. I really do. Thank you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's okay. All right. It's okay. Good deal. So let's get to this drink. Yes, please. Because I'm a scared of it. I'm really scared of it. Uh, It's called The Tramp. Uh, which is kind of a reference to, well, one Charlie Champ- Chaplin, because in the movie he dresses as like a hobo and there's yes, like a, a, a tramp. similarity there. And he um, even says, let's just act like tramps right, right. now. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. How dare you call me a tramp? Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So this one's from cinemasips.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one ounce slow gin, which is not our favorite. No, it is not. Uh, one ounce peach liqueur, which, okay, I'm into it. Okay. One ounce lime juice and That's three ounces cava, which champagne, is we champagne, found out. but like not in the champagne area. So there's like champagne, Prosecco. Right. Cava. And then cava. Cava. Now, is that what we really have in our drinks? It's what uh, we're supposed to have. Oh, it's what we al- we always have. 100% authentic mm-hmm. ingredients in all of okay. our drinks. Yes, of course we do. You're right. <laughs> so, no, it's actually champagne. Okay. So you combine the gin, the liqueur, the lime juice in a shaker, um, and then strain it into a glass, top it with the kava, and a little lime garnish. Yes. You ready for this one? I am ready. <clears throat> Let's do it. It's pretty. It's pretty it and is. red. It looks like cherry well, Kool-Aid. It looks like the City Lights drink. I'm into it. That's kind of good. Yeah, I'm into it. Okay. A win for the slow chin. Okay, so this movie came out in a 41, mm-hmm. which a couple big events that were going on. It was a little war, World War II, <laughs> which I feel like we always talk about World War II and oh, really Nazis do. in any movie. But luckily, series. this was not a World War II It was not movie. a, no. This no, no, was no. just a nice little laugh for some people. <clears throat> Correct. Um, so Pearl Harbor happened in 41, which brought us into the war. Right. Um, the Enigma Code was broken by Alan oh, Turing. Oh, yes. What was that? You know? uh, imitation Game? Imitation Game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the most more popular films that year, Citizen Kane, maybe number one on our list. Yes. Uh, Maltese Falcon, which is also on also our list. Also on our list. A little Humphrey Bogart. Uh, the Lady Eve and Suspicion. Oh, I've heard, of that. oh, I've heard mm-hmm. of that. That's an yeah. Alfred Hitchcock one, I think. Suspicion. Sure. <laughs> um, some of the <laughs> couple books that came out, Curious George. Oh. Came out that year. I had a what? Curious George growing up. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. everyone did in our in our generation. Yeah. I mean... Everyone still does. It's not even our generation. Yeah. The that's 40s is not timeless. our generation, just by the way. No, that's that's true. But I feel like Curious George is like Winnie the Pooh. Everyone right. had it at correct, some point. Correct, correct. Um, Mildred Pierce by James Cain. Okay. That was a movie. So in TV, there really wasn't like anything. I love that rec- there's only two books that you listed. I only, okay. I know you only list read, the ones that you've heard of. And I only of. list ones that I heard of. I and know. two is good for me. Okay. okay? <laughs> I don't think I've ever listed more than two books. No, 
I don't maybe think you three. Have. Yes. Anyway, um, TV was like a weird time for TV. It was actually the first year that commercial licenses were issued to NBC and CBS. Oh. So they were like kind of the first two in New York, and then I think like it spread to Philadelphia that had the license, and that's kind of like right, you know, the beginning of kind of commercialized television. Some of the more popular music, uh, Boogie 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 Boy by Andrew Sisters. That Andrew Sisters. is a great one. God Bless the Child by Billie Holiday. Okay. Chattanooga Choo Choo by <gasps> Glenn Miller, which oh. I think we talked about in our very first episode when yeah, I sang the did. song and you were like, how do you know this song? Yes. Because Casablanca so was what, 1942? <clears throat> maybe? Two? Yeah, I think it was. Early 40s. Celebrities Born, um, Anne Margaret, Nick <gasps> Nolte, Faye Dunaway. What? Neil Diamond. I put Jessica Walter. Oh, from Arrested Development? Yes, that's what it is. Love it. From Arrested Development. I'm shocked that Nick Nolte and Anne Margaret were born in the same year. I was obsessed with Anne Margaret when I was a kid. Absolutely obsessed. She was in uh, some Elvis Bye Bye movies Birdie. and Bye Bye, Bye, Birdie. Bye Birdie. That That's was, was my favorite. We love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, oh, we do. God. We don't love anyone as, as much, much as you. When you're, you're not near us, we're blue. Oh, Conrad, we love you. Sing it, everybody out there. No. So this made a few AFI lists. Yeah, I'm curious Number about 61. This. Mm-hmm. which I have previously said it did not make the original top 100. Shocking, go on. Um, it's number 39 on 100 Laughs. Okay. And number 25 on AFI's Most Inspiring. What, the Cheers? It just says Most Inspiring. There's a Most Inspiring according list? To F-I- uh, F-I-T. According to FIT. According to FI. I think that's the Cheers. Maybe one, it's the Cheers one, I but it said assume. when on AFI's website it said, uh, whatever. Most inspiring. <clears throat> what? It was inspirational. <laughs> was it? You found it inspirational. You I did truly not. okay. Thank you. <laughs> inspiring is not the word I would describe this movie as. No, no, it's it, that is the Cheers. So that is Cheers. What did what did you say it was? Twenty five or twenty five? Yes. Oh, that's okay. The Cheers. It's, it's the, considered the most inspiring movie. So Got yeah, it. That's okay. Right. Okay. So this starred a Joel McRae. Never by John heard Sullivan. of him. Oh, who played John Sullivan? Title character. Had you ever heard of him? I had not heard of him, and but he was like big in westerns. I read. Okay. Um, I and love part of the reason, westerns. so it also stars Veronica Lake as the girl. Um, and doesn't it was deserve a name. Continue. Written and directed by. Preston Sturgis. Now, Preston Sturgis wrote this specifically for Joel McRae. Oh. Because Joel was kind of like a, an everyman kind of blend in. He didn't right. want like a big celebrity name that kind of was like, <clears throat> okay. oh, it's not realistic. You know, like he wanted him to just kind of be a generic producer or director or what. Yeah. He didn't want people to think, oh, that's. Okay, that makes sense. You know, sense. whatever. Good for um, them. That's that's uh, that's. I've never heard of him. Yeah, and Veronica Lake was um, actually her. I, I believe his second guest or his second choice, Barbara Stanwyck, was his <gasps> original choice I for that. Love Barbara Stanwyck. We're gonna see her in Double Indemnity coming up. Oh, coming up soon. Right? She yeah. is amazing. Had um. Had Veronica Lake done a whole lot before this, do you know? I don't believe so. 
Yeah, this was. I'm looking at her stuff. Like, she had just come around in 1939. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think she was. Um, and hadn't done anything, like, really notable, it looks like. Buy, some, buy that man some ham and eggs. Oh, Love it. Um, so, and Preston Sturgis, by the way, he had um, gained notoriety as a screenplay, a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And... Um, became really kind of the very first um, writer-director. Now that's really common nowadays, but back then it was not a thing. Like it was kind of unheard of that writers would be given kind of carte blanche on directing their film as well. Yeah. But he had a lot of hits leading up to this, um, and so they let him kind of have free reign. As a writer or as a director? B- both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, drink is delicious. It's by pretty the way. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. So it comes in at an hour and a half. Common Sense Media says 12 plus. All kind of seems pretty straightforward. That's this fine. got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which mm-hmm. is very rare. I don't remember it is the last movie rare. we reviewed. I don't know if any of them. I don't have even had. know. I don't think Casablanca got 100%. Yeah. Even. Yeah, so this has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, Consensus mm -hmm. is blending screwball comedy with a socially conscious message. Sullivan's Travels offers delightful proof of writer-director Preston Sturge's ability to provoke serious thought as well as helpless laughter. Mm -hmm. Did you laugh during this movie? Okay, let's let's just... Here's another one, shocker, where we disagree on this movie. I I think personally, maybe... Aaron missed maybe a couple of key points in this film. I'm going to be completely honest here. I, from the first moment, here's what I thought. Why does everyone in the 40s talk Talk so so fast? Like, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I will say this movie started... I w- it was a little shaky. One, I was not looking forward to l- watching this movie. Yeah. Two, you had watched it before me and you said it was su- it sucked. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I was right. And so then it starts off and it's like that like little book credit. Yes. And it's like all shaky. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then it goes into this. You know what it was? That whole intro yeah. was um, the monologue. That I love so much from, from Treasure, Treasure this year, Madre. Yes. yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, but if you notice um, that scene, it was a one-shot take. It was four and a half minute one-shot take. Um, I did and, not notice that, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and that was actually on a dare from the cameraman to Preston Sturgis, because they had two days to shoot this scene. And they were like, I bet you could do it in like, you know, a one-shot. And they did it in like a couple hours. Wow. Yeah, and did that. That's why they had to speak so fast to get in. Um, under the, you didn't have to the speak timeline. that fast. No, no. <laughs> no, I did not enjoy it. I, 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 I don't when enjoy I started, I was like, oh my God, it's so fast. Yes. It's hard to like understand what's going on. Maybe that's why well, you tuned out and <laughs> missed I did. Some key you know what? I'm not going to lie. Things. I have a coloring app that I really. <laughs> Shut up. You did I a coloring app? I was coloring app? a little bit. At the beginning, look. It did not catch me from the very beginning. It did not catch and me And when either. they started speaking so fast, I was just like, yeah. oh my God, this is going to be like all of right. those other 
early 1940s. And I don't understand it because like 1942 comes around and you have Casablanca. They don't speak like that. 1939, you have Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. They don't speak like that. Right. I what will say is though, that style? I will say though that it stopped after that intro scene. I don't agree with you. Oh, interesting. I, I do. I think uh, whenever were... it was the men talking, right. Veronica Lake came in and I think she like pumped the brakes a little bit, which right. I did appreciate. But I didn't care for... Give them some ham and eggs. Oh, God. So this was <laughs> nominated and won. Oh, my God. Zero Academy Awards. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but it was it, nominated for for what? Best movie. It, it was nominated for zero. It was nominated and won oh. zero. <laughs> so wait, so it why did is win this? 1942's National Board of Review Top Ten Best Films Award. Okay. And it won 1990 National Film Preservation Board National Film Registry winner. I'm sorry. No. No. I don't even feel that. No, that's true. Okay. I'm not no, lying. I believe you, but I don't think. I mean, I realize that one of AFI's criteria is just that it has won awards. Correct. It didn't specify which what awards, but you know, I mean, does that mean that I can just give it? The Aaron Golden Award, and it's going to be considered. I mean, is there an Aaron Golden Award? Yes, I just made it. Well, okay. Then, yeah, add it to IMDb. So, you agree that's dumb, right? I think it's pretty interesting that it was not nominated, not even nominated for I anything. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I feel like that says a lot. I would be, uh, if anything, I was surprised that it was not nominated for screenplay. I, I really enjoyed the dialogue in this movie. There's some really f- very funny bits in here, really comical, like good timing. Right. Um, and um, also some like really interesting, thought provoking quotes in here as well that we'll get into. Okay. Aaron's cranky about this movie, everyone. I am cranky, and I hate But that she's I'm not going to come with any kind of like valid thoughts other than I like, do oh, have I some hate it. Ex- Excuse me, but, okay. I do have a couple of valid thoughts, especially when we get to the chain gang. But sure, let's go through the movie. Oh my god! Yeah, she's not cranky at all, y'all. I'm so cranky. Okay, are we taking a break? Let's take a break. Hopefully, there's a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, well we're back. Oh my god. Okay, welcome back. We're back. We're back. Hey, we're back. Okay, so I want to start not by going through the movie first. I want to talk about Preston Sturgis's motivation to write this movie, why he wrote this movie, and kind of like some of the points he wanted to get across. Okay. So he was quoted as basically saying, you know, Movies have become too preachy. Leave okay. the preaching to the preachers, he said. Um, and Did he give any examples of movies that were getting too preachy? No, but I'm there, I think there was like that. a lot of maybe movies in the 30s that were like trying to deliver a message and mm, socially okay. conscious and like, you know. Right. Okay. Um, and he just felt like sometimes 
You just need an escape. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> um, and so that's kind of what one of his his main motivation um, to write the movie. And in the in the opening of the film, he writes that dedication to the memory of those who made us laugh, the Motley Montbanks, the clowns, the buffoons, and all times and nations whose efforts have lightened our burden a little. This picture is affectionately dedicated. I loved that. It's beautiful. At the beginning. I thought yeah. I did think that was very beautiful. And I looked forward to the movie after I saw that. <laughs> um, so, you know, it sets up the scene of him. Well, first you see this like, these two men like fighting on a train and then they fall in the water. That and you're like, was so what am I watching? Like and what is going one on guy here? was so bloody. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was, it was strange. violent and weird. Right. And then the end, I was like, wow, that was a quick hour and a half. <laughs> um, only for it to cut to, from like a movie within a movie. Right. And you know, the main character Sullivan, what's his first name? John, Harvey? John, John Sullivan. Yeah. John Sullivan is like trying to make this social, socially, you know, social commentary on it was like labor versus capitalism and they're at war and all this kind of stuff. And everyone's like, that sounds boring. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it. And you were basically born with a silver spoon in your mouth. What do you know about kind of like social commentary and struggling and people who struggle in that way? Right. Do you agree with that? I. I mean, like, yeah. Do you think you I know, actually, have to know grief to understand it? I think, I think that you can understand, like what we were talking about with Saving Private Ryan. You can understand grief. You can understand logically what it is, what it is to be in poverty. I think that it's a completely <clears throat> different outlook once you actually ex- really experience it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I but think I think you like, can technically understand it. Like, it's difficult. It's, I think you can relate it to something in your life. It may not be the same or sure. as extreme, but I think you can. I mean, get an idea. Um, but what I loved is how he kept. Uh, he was like, "I'm going to make this serious movie about people struggling," and then the other producer kept saying, "But with a little sex in it." And he's yes. like, "Yeah, but I'm going to do this and this and this." But with a little sex in it. I remember turning to Adam going, were they allowed to say that then? <laughs> I guess There so. were a couple of moments in this where I was just like, I I haven't seen this in another movie. Right, like they right. like to be very prudish mm-hmm. in movies back then. So that did surprise <laughs> well, me. Well, I'm sure there was, you know, it's mostly censorship. and Right. So I was surprised that they were able to throw sex in there because that wasn't, you know, very um, talked about. And so we cut to him like at home with his butler and his, you know, yes. um, living the life, the butler and the what else was it? his valet the, the or valet. His... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're going. He's like dressing up in these hobo clothes from pulled from yes. uh, wardrobe yes. <laughs> from the movie studio. So Burroughs, who is, I guess, the butler. Or maybe the valet. I can't remember. When, you know, Sullivan's getting ready and um, <clears throat> Burroughs is like, you know, he's saying, I've never been sympathetic to the caricaturing of the poor and needy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, <clears throat> you know, I-, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It was kind of like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like on uh, 
Tyra Banks, who I can't stand, by the way, right. <laughs> um, on when she had the Tyra show and she like was quote unquote homeless for a day. And so then on her show, <sighs> she's like crying, yes. t- telling everyone how she knows what it feels like. Right. It's like, girl, you you don't girl, know what it feels like. Congratulations you can always, on your you, day. You know, you had producers and cameramen following you around. All you had yeah. to do was like tap out. And that played out a lot in this movie. And it, I was thinking about it a lot in this movie of like, okay, well, like that's kind of icky a little bit of yeah. like saying, oh, I'm going to go see what it's like being poor when right. you saw over and over again in this movie, all he has to do is like, you know, tap out, wave his hands and like, right. okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and so it really doesn't really portray um Until... kind of this this world. Well and even even then it took him a second to realize how to yes, get out of it. This is true. And honestly, but it, it's actually a little out of luck because he wouldn't have known he was presumed dead had that newspaper not been there. Yes. You know? Anyway, that we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yes. <clears throat> um he said But no, if, I agree with you completely on that yeah he also says if you permit me to say so sir the subject is not an interesting one the poor know all about poverty and only the morbid rich would find the topic glamorous he says i'm doing it for the poor sullivan says which is kind of lame that is very lame and then he says i doubt if they would appreciate it they rather resent the invasion of their privacy i believe quite properly also such excursions can be extremely dangerous i work for a gentleman uh, well, blah, blah, blah. They've not Go been heard Burrows. from since. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, in, it's interesting that that commentary is inserted into the movie. Yes. Um, so that it can at least be acknowledged. So they, you know, the, he, the producers, I guess, get wind of like what he's trying to do. Right. And they do like a hardcore like contract flex on him and is like, uh, no, you're not going to do this. We're going to mm-hmm. follow you around. And so he ditches them on this bus. Yeah. And that bus chase with this little kid <laughs> on this like little rocket. I don't know where this kid came where from. Where did he go I don't know from? what this rocket is. Where, where he found he this kid. It? Was some? Was it some sort of like derby thing? Like I, with Boy like Scouts? like a boxcar yeah. with like a rocket engine on it. <laughs> um, but the whole sequence just had me rolling. This is where I did laugh out loud. Yeah. Both Adam and I, because you know, he's watching all these movies with me. Yeah. And we both at the very beginning were extremely annoyed yeah. with the fast paced speaking. Same. Um, this scene though, we were both looking at each other going, what the hell is happening right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. This was this was definitely a turning point for me with this with this movie. As far as finding it interesting okay. and funny. Okay. Um I did this, this scene honestly made me look forward to the rest of it. Okay. I did love this scene. Okay. So he escapes Mm -hmm. and his first, I guess, gig that he got, we don't know exactly how he got it, Mm -hmm. um, was for the ever so thirsty Miss Effie, I think her name was, or Miss Zephy. Miss Zephy. Zephy. She real thirsty. She was so thirsty. (laughs) And... Didn't Talking they talk with, about like his shirt being off? Like, yes, his torso. Did you his... notice his torso? I saw you notice it. Isn't that <laughs> yeah, what the I, other girl I noticed says? That you noticed. It. I noticed that you noticed it. <laughs> Ursula was her name. Yes, I love that, that banter. Hilarious. Yes. 
I agree and with you. That was great. When he's like, she like drags him to the opera. Where, where did they go? He like makes him wear her like dead husband's oh, clothes yes, or something yes, like that yes. to go out to a show. Oh my God. Um, and then that night when he like, she like puts him in the bedroom and then locks the yes, door. That was Only to awesome. force him to go around to yes. her bedroom. She's like, oh my. Oh, oh well, hello. <laughs> what do you need? I mean, hilarious. That was pretty And then fantastic. the escape out the window, the nail in the pants. Yes. I we're did. All on board so far. I did enjoy I'm waiting that. For the ball you know to drop. what? I will tell you exactly when the ball okay, drops. Okay, I know you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then he hitchhikes on this van or this truck, mm-hmm. passes out, wakes up, and the van had driven back to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So he's like back in this position, which is when he meets the girl. Boom! Ball dropped. You don't like Veronica? <laughs> no, Lake. I don't. Wow, because I, I really liked her in this. I did not like her. I thought it came to a halt. Maybe it was that she stopped the fast-paced talking. Maybe I'd gotten okay. used to it by you then. You know what's interesting about this? A little what? tidbit of info. They did not get along, uh, McRae and, oh, really? and Veronica Lake, because she couldn't remember her lines. <gasps> oh, dear. That's not and good for part, one of her first And like, part movies. of the reason was that she was six months pregnant. Oh, <gasps> she tried to hide up. it. Yeah, and the the uh, costume designer made her costume so that she would not show. Girl, when I was six months pregnant, people thought I was ready to have a baby like the yeah. next day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, she was six wow. months pregnant in this. Oh, who was she married to? No clue. Hmm. Her husband, I would assume. I don't think so. <laughs> So she was, I mean, what, like pregnancy brain where you're just Maybe, not, I guess. I mean, that is a thing. Yeah. So did anyone know on the film that she was um, pregnant or was she worried about not getting the part she, if she had told it? She got the part already. Okay. And she t- first told um, Preston Sturgis's wife, who was also pregnant at the time. Okay. And the wife allegedly told her, I'm not going to tell him, okay. but I'm also giving you a two minute head start. To go tell him. Oh, damn, wifey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, did, so I guess she did tell him. Yeah, and so then that's when the costume designer like made clothes to kind of hide that. Okay. Did Joel McRae know? Do like, we know? I'm assuming after everyone know, knew. Yeah, by everyone knew at that. that point. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't. So like it might that. have been part of the reason that it was slower because she could. She was like, <laughs> "Y'all, I'm carrying a baby Next in my word. belly." <laughs> Give the man okay. some what? Ham and what? <laughs> ham and eggs? Ham and cheese? Ham and bacon? What oh. was it? Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm surprised by that only because of the physical comedy she had to do in this. Yeah. And she was doing all of it. That yeah. wow. Trooper. Yeah. Okay. Trooper. Super trooper. So then they venture back out and well, when she when she finally because when she finally finds out who he is because she thinks he's poor and so right. buys her breakfast when she's 
a destitute kind of out of work actress that's ready to go back home. Right. Um, finds out who he is and then they kind of hit it off. And so she's like, I'm coming with you. Of course they Let's hit it, it off once she finds out who he oh, is. Oh yeah. Uh, w- you wouldn't do the same girl. I am only, I, as I've you can tell, Mary Shag kill with you enough. No, as you know can tell, I that always you pick Mary for money. <laughs> And I only know that is because I do the same thing. (laughs) Okay, so let's not let's not play anybody. No, you're absolutely right. I would have totally pulled the girl, and he was handsome. Yeah, he was fine. Ugly? No, he's not. No, Cary Grant, but who is? God, Cary Grant is so hot. Oh my god! (laughs) And so they go back to his mansion where they're like, you know, getting things ready. And Aaron she go. She annoys me in this scene. Okay. When he's like, if you say good one more time, I'm going to poke you on the nose. Good. No, girl. No. And he's like trying to, he's picking her up and then the butler's like taking her feet. And then what? what's happening in this scene? This scene annoyed me. She was annoying. Well, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. No. Why are you just staring at me? Were you not annoyed in this scene? Not at all. Oh my God. I don't even, honestly don't even remember. Okay, see. I don't even it's so inconsequential to this yeah, whole. Yeah, no, this is a scene that stood out to me because both Adam and I turned to each other and we were like, why the hell is this on the top 100? I just found it dumb. And you know what? Honestly, I hated the way it was shot because he was picking her up and it was shot like from his back. So you saw his back. It was kind of like, you know, when we're on stage, like we're always supposed to... Face out. Yes, face out. Um, this is a movie, not a I stage. understand that. But this was annoying the way it was shot. That was okay. something I actually noticed. Um, so they go back out and then he... I can't remember because it's before the silent film montage. So they go to Vegas. How about the National Park? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You know how many times I rewound and listened to that? (laughs) How about National Park? I can't. (laughs) I can't. Okay, so Um, keep going. Well, before that, one of the lines I loved in the diner when they first meet, because she Mm -hmm. thinks he's just homeless. And he's like, she's like, you know, one of the good things about buying a man a meal is you don't have to laugh at any of his jokes. Yes, I. that's Great actually line. my favorite yeah. quote from the movie. That's the one that I yeah. liked the most. I think it's such a good line. It is really good. Um, so anyway, okay, so they adventure, They venture off. They, they do some research on where ho- homeless people hop on a train. Yes. And there's this like army of people and they're like running after the train and some people yes. make it and some people don't. And they get on the, the boxcar and they're like, hey, guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, this, I love the guys. It's a real in their struggle today, huh? <laughs> watching them try to get in it. That was actually really funny. <laughs> he was like trying to. It's so funny. That was cute. And he's, he's like, like hey. I can't run forever. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, it's a really struggle today, huh? <laughs> How long have y'all been struggling for? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so they make it to this diner. They can't pay. He has mm-hmm. a freak out um, and gets a little sick because, you know, they were sleeping in this cold boxcar overnight. Right. So they're back in Hollywood again. It's like no matter how many times he leaves, he has to, he like eventually comes back, which I think uh-huh. is funny. 
Uh-huh. And then the last kind of venture they go off on is this kind of like mini silent movie in the middle. Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, it's an interesting juxtaposition of kind of like the real like trauma and sadness that they're actually witnessing. Yes. With this like kind of delightful music that's being played over yes. it. Yes. <laughs> it's a kind Agreed. of like kind of like you know uh for back of a lack of a better term, like whitewash it out kind of like right. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh or dilute I guess the the trauma. Um but um which is hard to understand just because later they really go for the trauma with the whole chain gang thing. Right. Well we're, we're gonna get to that. Uh-huh. Um also, that one scene of her showering. Yes. And the boobs. Like, that was yes. a lot of boobs. I was really, I mean, seriously, that is one thing I'll say for this movie is I was very surprised at how many boundaries it seemed to break. Yeah. Like very yeah, there was taboo things. a lot things. of boobs. There was a lot in of that boob. scene. So they kind of go through like a lot of different, um, you know, they went through a shelter. They went to, you know... Um, like a food kitchen, a soup kitchen. Right. Um, and what I noticed... A montage. Yeah. What I noticed about that and what stuck out to me was the sign on the wall in the shelter that says, Have You Written Home to Mother? Yes. I just kept looking at it. And it really kind of struck because it's like, you know... That made me sad. It did make me sad because I think a lot of, you know, and listen, I am no expert on homelessness and causes of homelessness and right. and whatnot. But I just have a feeling, you know, because some of the theme of like, no matter how entrenched he was in this, in these worlds, right? Right. Of like, you know, struggling and no money and soup kitchen and all that kind of stuff. He had a fallback. He yes. had a support he had a system. He safety net. Yeah. And a safety net. And I feel like, you know, that's, a major cause of homelessness is people who don't have a safety net. Yes. Who don't have anyone there to kind of, you know, I mean, it's like if I, I don't know, if I lost my job and you couldn't work know for you forever, have your family. I have my family, yes. you know, that kind of thing to fall back on and, you know, would never be like homeless, homeless. You know, I do think that there's probably people who maybe don't feel like, they they can can be supported yeah. and when you look at people you know nowadays especially in like the lgbtq community who you know there are still kids getting kicked out of their homes right for coming out and whatnot so they do they have parents not, but like they, they don't, don't have, have a relationship or they don't have a support from their parent so it's all like they're like oh that's great this is great until they have to like try eating out of a trash can and then <laughs> right. they're like no let's run <laughs> And they run away Again, and they go back. safety net. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and that's kind of like, you know, I think it's intentional to show that difference, you right. know, to say, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like whatever. dizzy and drunk, man. I know. Um, we really should have ordered <laughs> food. So he Continue. gets home. And is basically saying, okay, this movie can't be made. Which, by the way, the movie that he's trying to be made 
is called Oh Brother, We're Out There. Oh, bro. Bling Amy. Oh, brother, oh, where brother, art thou? Where art thou? Which is where the Coen brothers directly pulled that movie title from. Did they? Yes. I was curious about that. If it was like a book beforehand. Nope, that was directly pulled from that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I did not realize. Which, I'll have to let you know, there are know. parallels because Oh, brother, where art thou is about a chain gang. And like, right. Yeah. Um, I knew that, but I've never seen Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, it's a pretty good movie. Is it? Okay. Um, so when they get back, he realizes, okay, this movie can't really be made because I just, you know, I can't live that yeah. life, right? No, you can't, honey. And instead decides to, like, hand out money to homeless people. And um, this one guy notices he has a fat stack of fives yeah. and robs him. Yeah. And beats him over the head and pushes him on a train. Yeah. And the train runs off. And he's like in the middle of nowhere. He's like all groggy and gets in a fight with a train conductor. Yes. And hits him over the head with a rock. Yes. And has amnesia, temporary amnesia. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. So he cannot remember his name during like the trial. You do. Continue. And the judge is like, well, since you refuse to tell me your name, he's like, bitch, I can't remember. Have you ever had amnesia? I haven't, but I always wished I had. <laughs> Only because of soap operas. They always got amnesia. And I was like, how fun would that be? Got it. And um, with, you know what one of my favorite movies was growing up? Hmm. It was Overboard. <laughs> right. Which is a bit of a problem. <laughs> it is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> but I like, love that movie. If I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, Ooh, no, this is really wrong. <laughs> but back but in hilarious. the 80s or I early oh, I do God, love that I movie. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I love that movie. And then also, okay, so then also cut to the guy who stole his money, Mm -hmm. instant karma, gets hit by a train. (laughs) Because he spills his money and he just can't move. He has to keep picking up that money. Yeah. Keep picking up that money. Which again is a level of desperation that we don't know. Right, 100% desperation, but also like... He had a good chunk of fives in his hand. He yeah, could have moved over. He had over. enough, but that's greed you know? for you. Yeah. I mean. That's kind of, I, I, I attributed it a little bit to greed. Yes. Combined w- with a, a state of desperation for sure that he's been living yes. in, it leads you to being hit by train, I guess. <laughs> well, um, and because, <laughs> and because he had stolen Sullivan's shoes before, uh-huh. Sullivan's ID was in his shoes. And so everyone thought Sullivan had died. When in fact, he was put on a train and arrested and was put on a chain gang, which is, Mm, uh, was. All of a sudden, we got serious. You know, in in my notes, okay, these are the last notes I took. Whoa, the guy getting hit by the train. (laughs) So violent and sudden. That got dark quick. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Amnesia. Those are my three last notes. (laughs) I thought, I was like, wait a second. This does not go along with the movie we've been watching. It took a turn. It, it definitely really got dark. It took a for turn. For sure. Which I think is with interesting. Him, like in the hot box and stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, you meet this, the, the master, I guess they kept calling him, right? Yes. Isn't that what they kept calling him? Yes. Which, you know, okay. If you go back into history. Mm-hmm. And the um, abolishment of slavery, mm-hmm. what kind of happened next, and they took that little phrase in the 13th Amendment of 
unless you commit a crime. Right. To shift into a new institutional kind of slavery. And so, you know, chain gangs were very popular at that point in time, overwhelmingly with people of color. Because then um, legally you were allowed to treat them as slaves. With no oversight of how you can treat these people. Right. And that's really kind of, you know, the main point, I think, in this version of it is that this guy was terrible. And if you spoke out of line, you got, you know, you would get more time, wouldn't you? Like, I, you know, I don't, I guess in certain circumstances. I felt like um, that was mentioned in this, that you were going to get more time, but maybe not. I just, it took such a turn to where it was like a different movie and a different message. It just got weird to me when it did that. What do you think the message was and what do you think it shifted to? I mean, this whole thing was, as you've said, like a screwball comedy. Right. And then all of a sudden, it really does, it felt like it became a more serious social commentary at that point. Yeah. I think- it just has used comedy <clears throat> through this entire mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like shit hits the fan for him. And before, we've seen all this comedy thrown into these you know, situations of poverty and all of that. But then all of a sudden we get serious right? when he's in, you know, has a physical threat, has a mental threat, like he has amnesia, all of this stuff. All of a sudden, then it gets serious. Right. That just turned for me. I'm going to continue a little bit and then I'm going to loop back why I think this is a, an interesting step in the movie okay. based on what Preston Sturgis has said. Okay. Another part layer of what this movie was about. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So they all, there's like a buzz saying, oh, we, we, you know, be, be good today because we're going to go watch the movie. We're going to see this movie and everyone's excited about going to the movie and it cuts to the yes. church that um, it's actually shown at a church mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you see them kind of being shackled in and like filed in in this church and they Mm -hmm. play disney they play mickey mouse yeah um am i laughing yeah right and everyone is just like dying laughing roaring with laughter um cartoons and sullivan is kind of like what the hell is everyone right like we're in this like deplorable situation like why are you you know what i mean yes um Thoughts on that whole thing? Because I can tell you have them. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I think I'm taking it more from like rolling my eyes at the, um, you know, it was just, it was so overacted. I think that's what I'm looking at more. Like I it was so exaggerated. <laughs> um I get the point of it with the whole like this is light and laughter. This does bring people joy. Like even in these horrible situations, it does. But I thought it was just it was it was just dumb. It was dumb. I wasn't into it at all. However, I do think about like in Shawshank, for example, they show the movies. Mm-hmm. You know that that would be a wonderful break 
in a day of not necessarily suffering, but being reminded like you're in prison, you're on a chain gang. What a wonderful break from the seriousness of that situation. I do understand that. Um, I just thought it was a little, I mean, it was just a little over the top. I hate that kind of acting where it's just like, (laughs) I hate that. You know what I'm talking about. So you hate people being really happy. I really hate joy. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Dick. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I hate happiness and laughter. People are really happy. (laughs) But Sturgis had said himself. Okay. When talking about themes of the movie. He said, when I started writing it, I had no idea what Sullivan was going to discover bit by bit. I took everything away from him, health, fortune, name, pride, and liberty. When I got when I got down to there, I found he still had one thing left, the ability to laugh. Which I think is like one, his whole point, and circle back to the intro of like mm-hmm. this movie is dedicated to those people who can make us laugh. Yes. Because of the importance of laughter and wanting an escape. And I, and he wanted yes. the movie to be an escape and in this like weird turn of the movie that all of a sudden got very dark and very weird still this one moment of escape of a movie being shown Mm -hmm. in these to these people in like the darkest of times still lifts their spirits in that moment i can Um, and so that's kind of where how i saw kind of that kind of spiral into because each venture that he did there was what four really right the first one was when he was you know chopping wood for the the horny for woman <laughs> Zephy. yeah miss Zephy, who hello spirit animal um <laughs> and is she in the mary shag kill please tell <laughs> yeah, me duh. okay good um and then, you know, then it was like the, the diner situation where they couldn't right, pay. Right. And then it was like the silent movie montage. And then like, obviously more serious and then prison. the chain gang, yeah. Chain gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think through all of that, like, you know, the importance of laughter, I think, is really when he's trying to make a movie that's not preachy. Right. Or not messagey, inherently has a message in it. Right but is made specifically for a laughter escape with See, when a you, commentary kind of like in there as well. When you talk about it, I get it. When Sturgis is being interviewed and mm-hmm. talks about it, I get it. Right. It's I think that it took me so far out of the experience that when I was watching it, I was so confused on, wait, what movie are we making right, right now? Well, I think that's the problem, is that I just didn't, I didn't connect with it. I more can More so with the coloring app. <laughs> um, you, to... I, I guarantee you, you played the coloring app and you kept missing lines. No, I did not. And this I was a movie not. that you had to focus on the words I because the did. screenplay of this movie was very funny. Okay, I will give you that. <laughs> okay. When you go back to the consensus from Rotten Tomatoes, it does say it's blending a screwball comedy with a socially conscious message. Yes. And he has the ability to provoke serious thought as well as helpless laughter. I think and this I think is that's a really good description of that movie. I think it is too. I think I would have enjoyed it more honestly if I'd known what I was getting into. I will say, and I uh, told you this at the beginning of the movie, I had had, um, we'll say, a cigarette. 
<laughs> and I had not had a cigarette mm. in a very long time. Right. And this cigarette helped me enjoy this movie. I can see how a cigarette would help you enjoy this movie. I wish I'd had a cigarette myself, (laughs) but instead I had a gummy bear. (laughs) Oh, wrong, wrong item. It was the wrong thing. Yeah. Wrong item. You needed a ciggy. Yeah. Um, This is one of those movies that I, I either needed to have a good stiff drink with it. Stiffy. A stiffy. Um, or I needed to know what I was getting into, honestly. Know what to look for. Know that this is going to be a social commentary. Know that this is not just... But it didn't like... Because when I text you after I saw the movie, I said, this is an interesting one for me. Yes. And what I find... And what I found in doing this podcast so far mm-hmm. is that I really enjoy movies that leave me kind of questioning some things I can or like, see that. Yeah. okay, there's a message here. I want to dive into it a little bit more. Yeah. And I just found that to be true this whole time because right really in between all these like absurd, you know, screwball moments and really funny moments. Right. You know, they throw in these kind of lines that, you know, are about homelessness, that are about misogyny, that are about, you know, all these kind of different things in between. And I just had never really seen a movie do that before. Yeah. Um, And I found that to be interesting. Uh, I found that to be kind of like, okay, I kind of want to know a little bit more I want to I research a little bit about this movie. I kind of love that on this podcast, we do kind of have two different approaches. You know, I look at it from more of a, do I connect with this in any way? Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at it from a more like curious perspective. Yeah. Do you I know mean, what I mean? I mean, for sure, number one is, did I did I enjoy this right. movie? Right. Yeah. But there is this next layer of like, I want to know more about this movie. Yes. And that's really only happened with a few of the movies that we've watched. Yeah. And that's what kind of maybe struck a chord with me in that, in that it's like, oh, okay, well, this really made me want There was a little bit more to it than just... Right. Yeah. Right. There's definitely context, I think, surrounding the movie when you talk about what kind of movies were leading up to this. Yeah. What he was trying to say, you know, as a whole, like the purpose of it. And I think yeah. when you hear the con- context around the movie, I think maybe it can be appreciated maybe a little bit more. Let's go to commercial break. All right. I hope we hear one. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be what we say from now on. <laughs> if there's not one here, Sorry. <laughs> We had no options. <sighs> we ain't getting paid for this, folks. <laughs> nope. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, were there a favorite character that you had in this movie? No. Okay, d- is there a character liked that you hated the least? The butler. Oh, fuck. I liked the butler. Okay. I thought he was great. Okay. Did you yeah. relate to anybody in this movie? I mean, like you said, the girl, you know, like liking the 
wealthier man is more famous. I can get that. I can get behind it. <laughs> Got it. You go, Got the girl. Shallow. <laughs> yes. I mean, I miss Zephy. I for I sure. did love Zephy and Ursula. Yeah, who was they like, were great. Girl, I'm done with you. Yeah, they were great. I I think that you are Zephy and I am more <laughs> Ursula. <laughs> Yeah, I know 100%. our Halloween costume. Oh yeah, I'm sure everybody will understand it. <laughs> We're Zephy and Ursula. Oh, all I say all night is, "Did you see his torso?" <laughs> I noticed you noticing it. <laughs> Did you have a favorite quote? I think you said your favorite quote was was uh, the the about the you know when you buy dinner for a man, you don't have to laugh at his laugh jokes. At his jokes. I, I mean, loved that. That so was fantastic. Um, do you think? This movie could nope. be made today? Oh, sure. Why? What do you think I was going to ask? <laughs> Does it belong on the top 100? Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, do I think it could be made today? I mean, I think if it were made today, it would be on a more serious note. It would be a true like commentary. I could see... Oh, then that ruins the whole purpose it of the movie. It does. Actually, no. I could see a... Uh, no, I don't know if it could be made today, I honestly, honestly think that, and you touched on it earlier, I honestly think the script is very good. Mm-hmm. And had it been acted better, like in a modern, like normal acting. Yeah. I think there could be like some stuff there. There, there It has meat to it. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. It's a very interesting commentary that I think is important in any decade. But do I want it to be made again? No. Yeah. Do something else. Would you change the ending? Where it goes back to like him laughing hysterically at the, yeah, cut that out. Stupid. So you hate laughter. Okay. I do. I hate laughter and joy. I've already told you. Right. Okay, cool. Um, Would you change the ending or were you happy with it? No, that was good. All right. Um, Who would you recast in... If it was really not to die. I mean... I only cast the two. Well, yeah. And one because she looks kind of like Veronica Lake. Uh, no, actually, I did not recast it. Oh, so you did not I did, I don't, partake in this podcast. I did partake in the Got podcast. Because it. it's like, part, I think, your favorite part. It is my favorite okay, part, cool. actually. You know what? I would rely on the classic Michelle Williams that we cast in every single movie, practically. Terrible. I think she'd be great as the girl. Michelle, okay. Don't Michelle Williams is good she as would anything. be great. For some reason, as John Sullivan, I, I mean, this doesn't... You know who I could see, actually, is Bill Hader. Oh, that's actually not as a As John one. Sullivan. That's who I, I could thought see. Ryan Gosling... Totally see that. Yes. And Anya Taylor-Joy, just because I love think she that. looks just like her. I love Anya Taylor-Joy, so yeah. I could totally see that. Um, Mary Shack Kill. Uh-huh. Sullivan. Okay. The girl. Okay. Miss Effie. Oh, God. You know what? Easy. Mary Sullivan. Hello, wealthy. Um, Shag... Zephy, kill the girl. I mean, there Come is on. no other option. No, there is not another option. <laughs> I love that our Mary Shag Kill are 90% they the same. really are. I love that we can we can't, disagree yeah, on the we, movie. We can't agree on a movie. Well, any final, like, thoughts? This was if interesting. You're, if you're going to watch the movie, I would definitely, well, first of all, hope hopefully you listen to this podcast. But second of all, I would definitely find out more about it, read interviews with Sturgis. I think... 
the facts that you gave about it were very interesting and do put, I mean, it sheds a different light on it. I, I do look at this movie differently after talking about like oh. the social commentary and Excellent. stuff. I'll give you that. Well, I'm happy. I don't think I want to watch it again. I don't know if I'm really <laughs> interested yeah, in watching it no, again, but, but I enjoyed it. I can appreciate it. I do not believe it belongs on the top 100. That's fair. Um, I liked it better than other movies that I've seen. So, so far, yes, it's going to stay. Okay. I don't know that I have. This is worse than Philadelphia Story for you? God, that was so bad. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Aaron. For this lively discussion. You're so welcome. Next Thank you week, for teaching me things about this. I'm an educator. Mm. Uh, next week, we'll be reviewing the film adaptation of Edward Albee's classic, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Oh Until then, here's drinking with you, kid. <laughs>